Clayco is a proud sponsor of Build St. Louis. At Clayco, it's been their culture from the very beginning to do more than just build, to create, to innovate, and to do so with a holistic, intelligent balance of art and science that's unmatched anywhere. Clayco understands that it's not about the walls they plan and the buildings they put up. It's about the people and their purpose within them every day. Clayco builds for a cure, for a scientific breakthrough, for a family that's safe and healthy, for a cleaner world, and for a better future. Clayco is a full-service turnkey real estate, architecture, engineering, design building construction firm. Clayco delivers clients across North America the highest quality solutions on time, on budget, and above and beyond expectations. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Build St. Louis, the regional podcast that's capturing and sharing the very heart of design, construction, and development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith. And in this episode, we greatly anticipate learning from Tomislav Zhigo, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at Playco, which is a global full-service turnkey real estate, architecture, engineering, design, build, and construction firm. And Tomislav's experience within that includes deployment of future technologies across the activities that define the construction industry that shape the future of digital transformation. And certainly at the helm of this is artificial intelligence, among other technologies. But Tomislav, welcome to Build St. Louis. We're glad to have you. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to our chat. Me too. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Well, let's begin, if you would, Tomislav, by giving us just a basic definition of AI and followed by maybe how AI is defined more specifically within the context of the built environment? Great question. I mean, listen, AI has been around for quite some time. And I think sometimes we are being more aspirational than artificial in how this acronym is being used and how this acronym is trying to be woven in a fabric of things that we do on a day-to-day basis. AI is really conglomerate of different digital technologies, different processes or programming techniques that using neural networks, neural nodes to improve pattern recognition, to improve kind of quote unquote cognitive capabilities of digital brains and are only now at a cusp of really trying to use this technology as a decision maker. So we are still from that kind of generative AI. This is still not happening as a development, but right now we are living in a realm of large language models that exploded on a scene over past six to nine months. But I think it's really important to say that this is not a novel technology. This is not something that people that were neck deep in day-to-day -day data analysis didn't see coming for past 10, 15, almost 20 years. Principles of AI or large language models go as back as 50 years in the past. Oh, wow. Significant advancement in computing, especially with dedicated GPUs that are being now pushed in the market at such speed, are allowing us to harness that theory and put it in practice more freely than we were able to do it 
two, three, four, five years ago. Wow, great introduction. Tell me what GPUs are. Oh, graphic processing units. Basically, those are purpose-made processors that we all noticed emerging in the digital domain during gaming days. They are extremely fast. They are extremely sophisticated and optimized to deliver processing that is required by AI programming more efficiently than CPUs, which are central processing units that we are most accustomed to see in our PCs. So you can also notice a trend within data centers when they are now being reconfigured to be more GPU oriented versus CPU, just a different technology to support these advancements. Awesome. Thank you. I know I hear another term and I don't know if it fits in with AI, but machine learning. And I wondered what machine learning is as relevant to AI. Great question. I mean, machine learning is one of the technology subsets that are being all kind of funneled. If you think of AI as being a big tree, machine learning is just one of the branches on the tree alongside of computer vision, alongside of deep learning models, et cetera, et cetera. So machine learning, I think, to overly simplify, is really ability of software to recognize patterns in an extremely fast fashion and learn how to extrapolate based on that pattern recognition possible answers that are basically a result of very, very in-depth analysis of past data. So we can actually anticipate answers with new data coming in much faster. It's way that machine uses its neural pathways in order to optimize learning process and is able to give a predictive answer based on past results or synthetic data that is being fed in. Got it. I know that it's just now being talked about in social media settings and in education with chat GPT and other examples. But it surprises me when you said that this is something that really has been in the fabric of our society for as far back as, did you say, 50 years? Where, I mean, where were some of the, yeah, where were some of the early beginnings of it, I guess? What those are theoretical concepts that were discussed and Turing's test in terms of recognizing whether you are talking to a computer or a real person. I think, don't quote me on the date, but only I think 10, 15 years ago, certain hardware and software was able to pass that test in a very controlled environment. We've seen great excitement. Deep Blue was beating chess champions. So little by little, the technology was surfacing. And frankly, if you go back to 1969, one of the most famous movie villains, Hell 9000 out of Space Odyssey, was really kind of introduction of artificial intelligence to the broader audience, not many be in the right way, but it was there for quite some time. We are just living in a time and an age where this technology is maturing and who knows where it takes us. Wow. I appreciate that reference, that 1969 film. Yeah, well, I'm kind of remember. <laughs> I was like, some of us are old enough to remember for sure. You know, when we move into talking about AI and how it impacts and influences the built environment, what stage of project delivery does AI, is AI supporting? Does it start way, way back in like a planning pre-design or a scheduling or kind of where does AI, where do the powers of AI come to bear? 
Good, good question. I think one might say that beauty of AI or its purpose is in the eye of beholder, meaning every process that is being executed throughout the life cycle of a project, which means from design inception all the way to the handover, could be enhanced, could be improved by AI or any subset of AI-related technologies. Anywhere from design iterations and trying to win the job to begin with by producing stunning visuals or or using this technology to evaluate performance of projects on a certain side, which is basically happening right now, all the way to schedule optimization, cost optimization based on past data, on data that has been meticulously curated. And I think that's the big gotcha in all these technologies to understanding HR environment and quality of that environment and where the superpowers of our people delivering projects are and how do we weave them into projects delivery, all the way to the handover of a job and plugging project data into clients' maintenance systems. All of these technologies can be woven in for risk analysis, risk assessment, safety analysis, you name it. It basically accelerates our cognitive and analytical capability, but still requires a certain oversight because like any technology that maybe now passed its infancy is still not out there in order to be, let's say, 100% reliable where that reliability is needed. Sure, that makes sense. I was wondering for Clayco, for example, in terms of training your teams to almost train the owners how to harness the technology, as you mentioned with the building life cycle and in maintenance and once... Once you design and build and complete a project, passing that knowledge on so that it's adopted by owners, is that an easy thing to do? No. And I have to say it takes two to dance. And that means it takes a company like Clayco that was always progressive in its thinking. And it takes progressive owner that understands the potential of data that is collected during the project delivery cycle and how to integrate the data. We are fortunate enough to work with owners or some of them that see the value. We are right now going through the process of initiating those conversations and trying to understand what are the norms, what are the standards that we need to build upon in order for this to come in a full fruition. And this is a process. This is not something that is happening overnight. You can't just walk in a complex setting like this and just turn the switch on and say, we are doing AI now and it's all hunky-dory. It takes effort. It takes good data governance. It takes understanding what objectives are. And then from that point on, you try to align, obviously, Clayco's project objectives with owner's goals when it comes to utilizing the data. Makes sense. That makes sense. Very true. I don't know if this is parallel track or not, but where does robotics in the construction environment intersect with AI or does AI propel robotics or are they just two separate buckets? Well, robotics has been present in built environment for quite some time. And there are some elements of project delivery process where robotics is more prevalent, especially on the trade side, because robotics really is enabling that needed automation. Now, robotics was always somewhat associated with two components of AI, machine learning and computer vision. Obviously, built environment is extremely dynamic place. Things are always moving. Things are never pristine till you deliver the building. Even though we try very hard to keep our sites safe and clean, 
things move, people move. And you've seen as much as I did, numerous examples of people testing robotics on the job site. That's met with a limited success in the very special cases. There's more success in when trades are utilizing robotic devices, for example, overhead utilities installation, some drywall finishes, even for using those little Roomba-like drafting robots that are drawing walls on a floor plate for framers. Those are very specific cases that need to be recognized as those cases where a specific trade benefits from that efficiency. But there are also some conditions that need to be met in order to enable these kind of devices. And then one could also say that robotics revolution and somewhat machine learning and computer vision really took off with introduction of drones in the construction because they're autonomous, they're aware of their environment, they're using a range of sensors to navigate. So a little bit technically, somebody can say that every construction company uses robots. Now, if they are flying robots or not, that's a different thing. But I see robotics proliferating. I see robotics being divided in two camps, those that are being used for situational awareness and progress tracking, and those that are being task-specific that are accelerating trades, production, whether it's a controlled environment or at the job site. Oh, and I'm sure making job sites more efficient is always going to be an issue with such tight workforces that you are all facing. And safer. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Thomas Love, when you talk about machine learning, we kind of define that. When you talk about computer vision, can you kind of define that a little bit? Basically, computer vision uses combination of the sensors and neural network processing to rapidly recognize based on data that you've fed it before, objects and actions as they occur. We have successfully used computer vision for past six, seven years to analyze our photos. There are good instances when you're using computer computer vision for tracking equipment on the job site. But computer vision just recognizes objects or understands what is it that it's looking at. The next step is utilizing this data to make more predictive decisions about safety implications, quality implications, just like I just mentioned, progress tracking. Computer vision is really good in recognizing large mounted elements of a building, like wall partitions, overhead utilities, poured concrete. But then it comes a little bit short of understanding the entire level of completeness when it comes to delivering the bill. So right now, you see many companies in this space that are professing computer vision for progress tracking. Well, I think it's also a dirty little industry secret that that computer vision is teamed up with large teams of people that are double-checking the results of computer vision in order to produce not a real-time analysis, but I would call it near real-time or one or two delay, two-day delay analysis. So right now, we are noticing this kind of hybrid workflow. And one of the questions that we typically ask vendors in this space is to tell us what is the accuracy of their computer vision. And when you hear somebody saying 99%, that's the first red flag. So to be honest, we are, as an industry, we are not pushing development. We are not innovators in this space. We are just being trying to be very informed users. I would like to see more innovation in this space that comes based on our experience than, than purely consumption of software and data. 
Makes total sense. Crystal ball question. We kind of touched on it. Where do you think the construction industry will find itself not only with new technologies specific to AI, but also in terms of adoption of these technologies in the next two, three, five, pick a year? How are we doing as as an industry as a whole, I guess, small companies, large companies, how are we doing adopting it? Well, this is all across the spectrum. Adoption is really, I would say, with large top 100 ENRs, adoption of technology and implementation has been institutionalized. And I think it's more streamlined. I don't like word disruptive because I don't think the role of technology is to be disruptive. But if I had a crystal ball, first, I would see a great greater alignment of construction industry with principles of manufacturing, especially when it comes to understanding the concepts of things like industry 4.0 and ISO standardization. I can see a bit of a rift coming in terms of most of us that are in this space are trying to use technology as a patch on processes that are, in some instances, over five, six decades old. So often I heard an expression that implementing technology and process change in a construction company is like doing an open heart surgery on a running patient. I think I could possibly see emergence of smaller, more nimble construction companies that have technology intelligence being in the core of their business development and build a business based on solid technological conglomerate of solutions that allows them to maximize their revenue, maximize their resource utilization and optimize and move construction toward more fabrication-like, manufacturing-like process. With the help of robotics and a concept that I think it's only now proliferating throughout the construction industry, the concept of situational awareness that is really a synergistic approach of harnessing the power of computing, sensors, and processes to transform construction industry. Whether this will happen in 5, 10, 15, 20, I don't, my crystal ball is not that clear. Oh, that's excellent. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Tomislav, because the situational awareness aspect just seems like paramount to, as you said, everybody's moving. Everything's moving on a construction site and this that goal to make fields and project sites safer, as safe as possible. Absolutely. Situational awareness is a big deal. And if implemented properly, it can be woven in every aspect of what we do, whether it's a field, as you mentioned, or actually understanding our revenue streams based on real-time data coming from the field. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we could talk with you all day, but I know you have a few other things going on, I'm sure. But in this episode, we've really enjoyed learning from Tomislav Zhigo, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at Clayco. And Tomislav, it's just, it's always a pleasure to learn from you. Thank you so much for being with us on this episode of Build St. Louis. Thank you, Carrie. It's a pleasure talking to you as well and sharing some insights. We live in exciting times and we're looking forward to more conversations like this. Oh, we are as well. Thanks so much again. Thank you, Carrie. At the Cordy Company, we're the design build people. 90% of our work is design build, the delivery method that keeps everyone under the same roof. Single source responsibility means you work with a skilled team that brings innovative solutions and added value to every phase of the job. To learn more, go to cortico.com. That's K-O-R-T-E-C-O.com.